0: This is the Vegetarian Zen Podcast, episode number 144.
1: Welcome to Vegetarian Zen, a peaceful place for vegetarians, vegans, and the veg curious to share tips for living a healthy lifestyle. Now sit back, relax, and prepare to get your veg on.
0: Hey there, VegZeners. Welcome back to Vegetarian Zen. My name is Vicky, And
1: this is Larissa.
0: In today's episode of our podcast, we're going to be discussing MSG. Now, MSG is a pervasive and toxic food additive that can pose some potentially serious health risks. So we definitely, you know, this is not necessarily vegetarian, but it's something that we wanted to, a vegetarian topic, that mm-hmm. is, but it's something that we felt... Strongly enough about that we wanted to bring up today, because I think, um, you know, our our community tends to be very health conscious. And I think it's important that we understand what this is and why you don't want to consume it if you can. Right.
1: Exactly. So the the title for this episode is MSG. Oh, what is it good for? Absolutely nothing. (laughs) that's frightening
0: <laughs> that's frightening <laughs> i got to see the visual on that one so yeah that's kind of scary you haven't seen our uh movie out on uh on our peas and carrots society i think we posted it on our facebook uh, it was a good thing our facebook page too it's a good thing that this video wasn't rolling right now
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was kind of scary I scared myself yeah so <laughs> so we don't have any new ratings this week so if but- you haven't left us
0: a rating um please head out to iTunes we greatly appreciate it when uh, you leave us a rating that helps folks on iTunes find us uh, m- much more uh, I think it pushes us up up a little mm-hmm. bit in the uh, rankings there so uh, that means we get more subscribers typically so we would greatly appreciate you heading out there and it just takes a few seconds
1: great that would be awesome all right so what's in the news all right well in the new- and we haven't really been doing a regular in the news segment uh, like we used to but I went ahead and included this this time just because this is actually the article that I got the beginning of or the idea for this podcast from and I say the idea this came out in my email I got this in an email newsletter a couple days ago but MSG has actually been on our topic list for oh my gosh like a year and a half maybe and it just it's one of those it was just kind of floating down there on the idea list. But then I got this email the other day, and I was reading this uh, article uh, that's called, it's on realpharmacy.com, and that's pharmacy, F-A-R-M-A-C-Y.com. And the article is called Silent Killer Hidden in Your Kitchen Pantry, M-S-G. And it's a really, really good comprehensive article, and there's there's a lot of stuff in there that I wasn't even aware of. And so I was like, all right, well, this just bumped this topic up to, I think, the top, so – I was really surprised at how much stuff it's actually in that we don't even realize. Yeah. So
0: let's move into, are we ready to move into the main topic? Yeah. Okay. So what is MSG? All right. The name of it is monosodium glutamate. Right, so that's the technical term.
1: Right, (laughs) so uh, what is it? It's a synthetically produced version of glutamic acid or glutamate, which is a non-essential amino acid that occurs naturally in all foods containing protein. So any foods that are you know um, contain protein naturally, whether it's whether it's meat or dairy or plant foods that contain protein, uh, contain Glutamic acid. Glutamic acid. But this is a synthetically produced version. And there's a reason. You're like, well, why would they do that if it's not, you know, if you can get it? There's a reason. Uh, Glutamic acid has several functions in the human body, one of which is to produce the basic taste, umami. So umami is a category of taste in food. So you've got sweet, sour, salt, bitter, and then there's a fifth one, and it's called umami. And umami corresponds to the flavor of glutamates, especially uh, monosodium glutamate, the, the synthetic version. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a it's it's a savory taste. So, one of the functions of uh, glutamic acid is to produce that that taste sensation.
0: All right. So this is why you you hear a lot about this in, uh, for example, in Chinese food, right? Mm-hmm. But it's actually used in a lot more processed foods. And this is where I was really surprised by some of the stuff that you had mentioned. So like canned soups, crackers, chips, processed meats, salad dressings, baby food and mm-hmm. formula. That's just scary. Uh, school lunches and then several other things as well. But those were... I just didn't really realize how pervasive Mm -hmm. it was.
1: Right. So, you know, and then you think about that kind of begs the question, well, why? Why? I mean, why would food manufacturers want to synthetically create this uh, glutamate and then add it to processed foods.
0: Let me guess. There's probably money involved somewhere, which uh, <laughs> I guess is that if they make it tastier, right. then it's going to make you more, want more. Right. And then the more you eat, the more, the you, more buy. you buy.
1: Right. And that's exactly it. It chemically enhances the flavor of foods. Um, MSG itself actually has no flavor. So there's it doesn't... Just when it mixes with the food, yes. that it enhances yes. it. Interesting. So, uh, they... Food manufacturers will add MSG to their products to hide the bland taste of frozen foods, processed meats like lunch meat, you know, things like that, Um, and also to make overly processed foods smell better and look fresher. So, yeah, because I mean, if I would be willing to bet I'm not a fan of frozen meals anyway, but I'd be willing to bet if you could like take the MSG mask off of them and see them as they actually are, it would be really, really disgusting.
0: Yikes. So. All right. So let's talk a little bit about the history of MSG. So it wasn't really popular in the United States until after World War II, right? Mm -hmm. And it was only as a result of after some of our military folks noticed that the Japanese rations (laughs) of food tasted better than the American ones. (laughs) that uh, we were like hmm what is that why right. are so there? good <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, so the the world's largest producer of MSG is a japanese company it's called um, ajin ajinomoto and Coincidentally or not so coincidentally, they're also a drug manufacturer. Mm. So go figure, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, in 1959, the, the FDA in the United States declared MSG was, um, what they call GRAS generally recognized as safe. And if that's not a non ringing endorsement, I don't know what is. Um, it has generally safe generally and sometimes uh, safe. Yeah. And, uh, it, it, MSG has been banned in other countries because it's been determined to pose health risks. But of course here, it's still G-R-A-S. It, you
0: know, as we do more of these episodes, it do, it just n- never ceases to amaze me how lax the United yeah. States is uh, in, in some of this stuff. And what's amazing to me is here we are, you know, saying we have to keep America safe and all this kind of stuff. Well, how about with something as simple as this, you yeah. know? And, yeah. and I think a lot of times it's because of, money. It's just money.
1: Yeah, we're so concerned with keeping America safe from from outside terrorists, and then we're killing ourselves with what we're eating, right? Right. And I'm just as guilty as anybody else, you know, with eating not the best stuff all the time, so I'm not throwing stones. I'm just... Making an observation. <laughs> I'm looking in the mirror. So let's talk about why MSG is dangerous. All right. So, within 10 years after MSG began uh, being added to U.S. foods, a condition that was originally called Chinese restaurant syndrome became common in medical literature. So, this syndrome described numerous side effects that people were experiencing after eating foods containing msg um now it's known as msg symptom complex which sounds much uh more official i guess than chinese, <laughs> chinese restaurants restaurant syndrome, syndrome. Uh, and i'm sure the chinese restaurants appreciate that um so the fda is well aware of this and the thing about it though and it just kind of goes hand in hand with what you were just saying is how lax we are. Um, They know about this, but they identify it as a quote short term reaction to MSG. And that's how they justify that. It's still okay to use. Mm. right. So, okay, your throat's going to close up, but only for five (laughs) minutes. So it's fine. You'll only be dead for a little while.
0: (laughs) All right. Let's talk about some of the symptoms or side effects of consuming MSG. So some of the symptoms include numbness, burning sensation, tingling, facial pressure or tightness, chest pain or difficulty breathing, headache, nausea, rapid heartbeat, drowsiness or weakness. I don't know about you, but
1: that just sounds awful.
0: Yeah, and I wonder if that's a big reason why sometimes after Chinese food people feel drowsy mm-hmm. or, you know. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. So MSG has the potential to cause brain damage to varying degrees, uh, trigger or worsening learning ability uh, disabilities, Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson's disease, and um, and others. And then it's also linked to diseases like fibromyalgia, Obesity, fatty liver, elevated insulin, blood sugar, and blood sugar, and uh, metabolic syndrome, among many others.
0: All right. So how do how do food manufacturers get around the stigma of MSG and ingredientless?
1: All right. Well, the first the, the most obvious choice would be to remove it, right? Mm-hmm. But that doesn't happen no, very often, say. unfortunately. Yeah. Um, the most common way is to hide it in other ingredients and there's an FDA requirement that the ingredient monosodium glutamate be listed on food labels if it's present in the food you
0: know I don't know if there's an app already out there like this and I'm not so inclined to do this but myself but if anyone wants this idea take it but it would be great you know how when you were a little kid and you had those in in like cereal boxes you would have those decoders where you could oh, put yeah. this glass over a a bunch of jumbled words and oh, then it yeah. would give you a secret like a message red piece
1: of plastic or yeah something. it
0: would be great if there was an app like that that you just put it over to labels on things and it actually told you what it was what the real and, words are. what the real words were because you're absolutely right you're absolutely right all they keep doing is changing the names on us mm-hmm. so we don't know what it is and mm-hmm. then you think well okay it doesn't i guess it, that is i don't know what that is so i guess mm-hmm. i'll buy it
1: yeah. So so how that's a really good point. So how they get around this uh, because you know they don't want to list monosodium glutamate on the food label, right? Because people are aware enough. People mm-hmm. are aware that it's kind of a turnoff. So there's a loophole though. Uh, ingredients that contain free glutamic acid do not have to be listed, even though free glutamic acid is the main component of MSG. Wow. So as long as you don't say MSG, you can put it in there and not list it. Wow. I know. Isn't that crazy? So, and here's the kicker. There are more than 40 ingredients that are regularly used in processed foods that contain glutamic acid. So the obvious ones are the ones that actually have the word glutamate in them. So glutamate monosodium glutamate, monopotassium glutamate, (laughs) calcium glutamate, monoammonium, blah, 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 magnesium, blah, blah, natrium glutamate. Um, Those are pretty obvious, right? So you see the word glutamate. If you don't want MSG, then put it back.
0: Yeah, but there's some that are harder to determine, right?
1: Yeah, if you don't know what you're looking for, there are ones like yeast extract, yeast food, yeast nutrient, auto... Autolyzed yeast, anything hydrolyzed, any any hydrolyzed protein, calcium caseinate, sodium caseinate, gelatin. Which we don't eat gelatin because it's it's not vegetarian. It's not vegetarian. Uh, textured protein. Here's one: soy protein isolate. How many processed vegetarian vegan uh, meat substitutes That's are right. so, soy right. protein isolate? Uh, well, now we stop buying those too, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And and I check. Uh and the reason it's it's so funny, the other day we were at the store together, which doesn't happen very often, but I found uh and I always check the the like the tofu section in the produce department to see if there are any new things. Um and they had some tofurky sausages, like Italian type sausage. And I looked at it and I don't normally buy tofurkey, but I looked at it, and the ingredient is tofu. It's actually tofu. It's not soy protein isolate. And so I did buy it so we could try it That's with good. some pasta or something, yeah. just to try. Uh, so, okay, anything that is uh, colon protein, so something colon protein, um, ves- vetsin, and, and a ginomoto. Wow. <laughs> so if you see that manufacturer, then Yeah. All right. How about ingredients that may contain or produce processed
0: free glutam glutamate- Gl- glutamic <laughs> glutamic acid. glutamic acid? See, <laughs> you don't let me pronounce things. Okay. <laughs> this is why you're doing the list of stuff. And okay.
1: <laughs> All right. We'll just we'll just keep reading then. Uh, so things that uh, may contain or produce processed free glutamic acid are things like carrageenan, uh, bouillon, and broth, stock, uh, f- anything that's flavor or flavoring um, maltodextrin citric acid That's or a common citrate one, maltodextrin yeah. I know I've
0: seen it. you know I was wondering as you're reading through some of this stuff uh-huh. um maybe we can have this pulled out of the podcast of the show notes yeah. as a printable for people.
1: That's a good idea. Uh so you can just stick it in yeah. your bag and take right, it. Right, your the grocery store. bag or something. Uh, Alright so citric acid or citrate, anything ultra pasteurized, um barley malt, pectin, proteus Anything enzyme-modified, anything containing enzymes, malt es- extract, some soy sauce, uh, soy sauce extract, anything protein-fortified, and seasonings.
0: And the, that Lowry's we used to get, that had MSG, didn't
1: it? Lowry's actually does not have MSG. Oh, sorry, Lowry's. There are okay. other... Yeah, but there, there are some
0: Lowry's-like, right? Like some of those yeah, seasonings. Yeah, some of the other brands. Well, yeah.
1: You have to check. Well, but Lowry's job, actually does not have <laughs> MSG. Um, so, the, I mean, you, you can see how pervasive this is. And, you know, of course, there's an answer to this problem. Yes. And that is to
0: eat primarily whole locally sourced foods, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I, I And as you were reading some of that, I th- it reminded me of something I read recently, where it said, if you can't pronounce it, or you don't know what it is, mm-hmm. your body doesn't either. Mm-hmm. And I think you're absolutely right. I think what this just points to is the importance of the fewer recognizable ingredients, the better.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, I'll, I'll be completely honest. Okay, so Like you said, eat whole locally sourced food. Uh, Also, educate yourself on what to look for. And then read labels, Mm -hmm. read labels, read labels. And
0: find uh, resources. They're very well, maybe a food label translator out there already. Mm-hmm. So have it on your phone. Well, I mean, yeah. there's no way you're going to memorize all that stuff, but at least mm-hmm. have those resources available to you so you can look those things up.
1: Mm-hmm. And then also, you know, make your own seasoning blends when you can using organic herbs and spices and homegrown. If you if you grow your own herbs, then definitely you can dry those and make those into to awesome spice mixes. Now you made one that was very Laurie's like mm-hmm. not too long ago and it was so
0: good. In fact, I was looking for it the other day when I was making I something. Some you need to make some more cuz to me that was just and knowing that it it was fresh mm-hmm. made it so much more, so much better.
1: Right, right. Um but you know, and I'm going to I'm going to be completely honest here. Reading through this these lists, you know, I got pretty discouraged at first, at first because I was thinking, okay, if I'm really serious about Not eating this, can we say the C-R word on our G-rated podcast? Uh, We'll say crud. Crud. If if I'm not, I was already like being nice, but I'll be nicer (laughs) and say crud. If I'm really serious about cutting more of this crud out of my diet, then I'm going to have to stop eating a lot of stuff that I'm eating now. Mm Mm-hmm. And at first I thought about that and I was like, man, ah, I don't wanna do that, it's too hard. It's, you know, and then I'm like like in my head I'm whining and I'm saying, oh, just forget it. But then I thought about it, I'm like, okay, but how am I feeling, you know? How Mm -hmm. much is this stuff impacting how I'm feeling? And how often have I had those symptoms, you know, after I've eaten something processed like Fritos or something, and not really thought about it. Right. You know? Right? It
0: does have an impact. In fact, I was just at Barnes and Noble's earlier and I bought a magazine uh that one of the articles was about how your diet affects your brain power. And I truly believe that and and like you said, you you don't really associate them, but it's really important that you start to make those associations with what you're eating and how you're feeling mm-hmm. and even how you're thinking. And right. and it can even lead to depression and things that you might, again, might not even remotely associate, but it's so important that you keep track of that stuff and, and how you're feeling after you eat certain foods.
1: Right. And so, you know, basically what it comes down for me is I have a choice to make.
0: Yeah. You know? And it's it, and I think that's part of what a lot of folks that listen to this podcast appreciate about us. We don't claim to be perfect. We mm-hmm. struggle with a lot of things. I was even in our pantry the other day and I was looking around and I was thinking, There's still Mm. processed junk Mm -hmm. in here more than I would want to be now. To our credit, a lot less than there used to be years ago when we were, when I would call us 100% junk food vegetarians. Mm -hmm. But we're still junky, you know, in certain certain senses. And I am really dedicated to helping us Mm -hmm. to further improve in that area because I think, especially with you dealing with diabetes. And and several other and health issues like and, and lupus, yeah, uh, it's really important it to is. do that. Yeah. So,
1: all right, so are we ready to move into the recipe of the week? Sure. And now this is one that I we've we've probably had as the recipe of the week before. Um, you know we've had 144 episodes now, <laughs> and so Woo-hoo. I don't always remember. I guess I need to make a spreadsheet or have Marigold make a spreadsheet <laughs> for me. But um. Ah, If we don't remember, they won't remember. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. know. Um, Uh, Somebody's going
0: to, you know, with that, somebody's going to email us and say, you did this in episode 38. (laughs) Let's
1: see. I'm taking bets on Daryl, Robert, Danielle, Danielle. (laughs) All right, guys. Uh, But No, this is the taco seasoning recipe that we do have on our website. And the reason that I put it in this episode uh, again, though, is because so many of the, uh, Store-bought processed taco seasonings and other similar seasonings, like the onion soup, dry onion soup mix, and and different some of the Lowry's like. Oh my gosh, salts. I was reading an
0: article on those ramen noodles. Uh huh. From oh the seasoning oh, in there. Oh my yeah.
1: gosh it's probably ninety percent are... MSG. Oh. Um but this thinking
0: that was like my primary oh, yeah. food source when I was in college. Oh, I've know?
1: consumed way they were so more cheap. of these. They're than like twenty five cents a pack. pack. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so that's why I put that in here is because so many of those seasonings that you buy already prepared and over the counter I'm uh, over the counter <laughs> uh, you know, on the shelf. Um have msg in them Mm -hmm. and there are so many recipes out there for alternatives and this is one this is one that we use a lot i make it in a huge batch and i keep it in a spice and it's so repurposed glass spice jar and And i think
0: it just makes it better when you know it's healthy too yeah it really does because you think this is not you know you you just feel bad when you know you're eating something that's not good for you Mm -hmm. you know
1: right so anyway that's why this is uh
0: this is the recipe of the week again. All right. Are we ready to move into the quote of the week? Go for it. All right. I would go for it, but my computer's freaking out. So, okay. why don't well, you read the I quote of the week.
1: <laughs> so, the quote is from Confucius and it says, Everyone eats and drinks, but few appreciate taste. Mm-hmm. So, I thought that was kind of appropriate. Yeah. Right. That if we you know, if we eat whole foods, minimally processed stuff, uh, then you don't have to add things to make it taste better. All right, let's move into the question of the week. The question
0: is, are you concerned about MSG in the food you buy? And do you regularly read the labels to ensure that you're avoiding products that may contain it? I think, again, uh, if you the the sad part is is that we are trying to they are trying to fool us a lot of times so uh you know how do you how do you navigate around those obstacles when you're trying to buy healthier foods for you and your family right all right i think that does it for episode 144 until next time peace out
1: bye